0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning and today we are finishing our six-part mini series, six-part mini series on what's real happiness. And I'm not going to list everything, but go back in the archives if you're brand new, checking out this show this week, because we have five episodes that are building and supporting this concept. So I don't want to go back and revisit everything, but check out the previous five shows, uh, wherever you get downloaded content or on-demand content, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get them, Google Play, it's there for you. I heart. Of course, if you're listening in the car, uh, if you're listening on the radio, thank you so much for tuning in. Let's jump into what's real happiness on The Driven Entrepreneur. Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching Neuro Linguistic Programming or NLP for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmat.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. nlpwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. So this week is all about stability versus variety, stability versus variety. You know, when I sat down and really just, just dug into this concept of real happiness, not just feeling happy, you know, deep purpose and meaning that causes happiness in life, like a fulfillment happiness, not just a joy in the moment, you know, because joy is fleeting, uh, but purpose, happiness coming from deep meaning in life and doing meaningful things uh, that lasts. And that's what I call real happiness. Well, the last concept I want to share with you this week is the idea of stability versus variety. And what I found is actually this, I, this was almost going to be week number one or two because I think it's, uh, it's a foundational need. So let me explain what I mean. We have, we, we have these needs. Um, Tony Robbins talks about in, in his concept of the six human needs, one of the needs is for certainty and one need is for uncertainty. And that's kind of, you know, it's like, we need certainty. We need to know what to expect, but we also need uncertainty because variety is a spice of life. What I want to talk to you about is a little bit off of that as an idea, but really I want to talk about not certainty, but stability. So I thought, how hard is it to be happy? Like really happy. If you feel like your life's in chaos and you don't have a a high enough level of stability and stability is in everything, you know, um, if you don't have stability in your career or your job, what if you don't have stability in your income? You don't know where your next paycheck's coming from. If you don't, the bills are coming in, but you don't know if you're going to have money to pay them. Isn't it hard Because to, to find happiness in that moment? In fact, it's not hard to find anxiety. It's not hard to find depression. It's not hard to find fear, uh, unsettledness. It's not hard to you know be anxious. And, and it's not hard to find anger because things aren't working. So shockingly, when and I don't know what the right level is. I'm sure hopefully someone would do a study on this, um, and because I'm not sure how 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 I would quantify that. But if you can somehow quantify or qualify levels of stability, and I know that when just like a bank account, when your stability levels get too low in any area in life, it causes discomfort and low levels of anxiousness or even anxiety. Uh, It's too much uncertainty. It's too much instability. And again, it can be in finance. What about in a relationship? Isn't it hard to feel happy with a significant other if the relationship itself isn't stable? You don't know what's going to happen from day to day. You don't know if you're even going to be together or you're going to live together. What is it? Same with home life. Same with school. Same with uh, what's going on with your child and parenting. You know, we had a season where we really didn't feel... Um, we didn't feel like we knew exactly what we should be doing with my son, Val, who's eight years old in his school life. And, you know, part of it was, you know, we, so we've had him in public school. We've had him in private schools. We've had him in a hybrid school. We've had him in homeschooling and it seems kind of crazy. We've also moved across the country once um, and we have moved houses different times to different cities. And, you know, what it came down to is I realized, gosh, we don't really have, not just things have to change, but we didn't have, we didn't have stability in, uh, even in the order of things like what was our system? What is our, our philosophy on school? Because my wife and I had really been working that out over the last several years. And what, what we want to do. Oh, should we do private school? Yeah, but it's expensive. And it's not always the best education because he should be in public school. And that's a wonderful thing. And then it's like, yeah, but public school has this drawback and maybe we should homeschool. Uh, I like teaching, but I like teaching adults. Maybe, you know, we're not the best uh, childhood educational teachers. I love coaching kids and I like speaking and helping, but uh, you know, day-to-day math and reading and spelling, that's not really for either one of us we found. So because we didn't know what our system was, it was really hard to find happiness, real happiness, when it came to school, and it manifested. It manifests, you know, in w- when when he was going to school, and he is now. But when he was going to school, you know, it would manifest in not wanting to wake up in the morning, and not wanting to go, and always kind of having that struggle and fight. Um, and then when he was home, it was like, you know, we we had fun times because we had all this freedom of time, and we could go places and do the museum in the middle of the day. But then it also we start to wear on each other a little bit because the three of us, you know, I work from home most times. I travel for work, you know, when I'm doing speaking and seminars um, and attending conferences. But for the most part, um, I'm home quite a bit. So the three of us are home all the time. And, you know, we're on the couch together and we're in the same rooms together. And it was like it was just interesting to watch. When I look back, it was the instability of the process, the system, and knowing what we want to do that actually caused the challenge. So once we landed on here's what we're doing, I'm actually not going to tell you right now because, well, because that's what we do. Um, But we landed on what we're going to do with education, and now we feel great about it. Uh, We moved to a new house and the rooms were different sizes and we've been playing around jostling furniture and bed sizes and who sleeps where and all this stuff. Everything's been, it's like been up in the air. So my point is when things are up in the air, it can be really, really hard when there's no stability, all your focus, instead of going to fulfilling activities, like I want to sit down and enjoy a book or I want to go off and plan a date and have this nice time together. Or I'd like to go (laughs) serve someone, do something, you know, add a contribution. I want to go be with the people in our church or in our, in our group or, um, take care of, you know, go work in a nonprofit or whatever it is. Right. We don't feel like there's not time for that. There's no emotional capacity, no energy for that. So what should you do if you feel like your stability levels are too low? Number one, for as much as possible, quit other things temporarily. Now, I, there's a huge caveat to that. You know, a lot of things shouldn't be quit. So consult uh, leaders in your life, people that you trust, um, pray about it, think about it. You know, don't just it, don't say, you know, I listened to this podcast and he said, stop doing everything extracurricular until I have stability. <laughs> not, not what I'm saying. But if you are like, maybe you're involved with 15 community things or you have your kid and, you know, two sports and scouts and music and theater and, you know, you find yourself, you're bumping all around town every single day trying to get your kid to all these things. And maybe it's a season where you need to lay off some of that because you're trying to like make them happy or do these great things. But really what you need to focus on is maybe more stability in the home. And as you bring more stability to systems and processes and philosophies that your whole family can sink their teeth into, then you go back out and say, okay, this is who we are. This is my stable life. Now we have some excess energy, excess mental capacity, um, excess funds, excess time to go do these extracurricular things that are quite rewarding and fun. So that's my first piece of advice, uh, if you can call it advice, is tone down the extracurriculars uh, and the outward uh, experiences until you find some inward stability. Second point is, let's flip the, let's flip the script. Another uh, thief of real happiness is too much stability. <laughs> what? Yeah. Variety is the spice of life. And you know, this is, this is the scenario when everything in life is not just stable, but now it's predictable. And now, you know, you know, you have a system for groceries and you have a system for, um, bed sheets and you turn your mattress every 6 months and your trash goes out every Wednesday and you get your peanut butter and jelly sandwich ingredients every Saturday at the market and you go to the same market every time and you pay with the same debit card and you come home and you make the same sandwich every single day for 5 days and you pack it in your lunch and you go to the same cubicle or the same desk and you, you know when when life becomes too stable there actually is another side of the scale and <laughs> when it's too predictable What happens? Boring. Life gets boring. It gets predictable. This is true for every concept in every area in life. It is in education. It is in uh, marriage. It's in your sex life. It's in your diet life. You know, it's fun. It's nice to have a, uh, like a stable, uh, (laughs) I'm going to use diet for the metaphor, but you get, you get the rest of it, um, But you know, it's nice to have a a stable maybe meal plan and you can meal prep once a week and you make your meal. But what happens if you do the same ingredients, the same meals, the same everything? After a few weeks, most people, there's a there's a rare breed, (laughs) a rare few people who really get excited about the exact sameness and you know who you are. So please don't fight me on it. Just know you're you. But most people, and I mean by far most, well over 90% of people. We'll find uh, boredom and you'll start to feel antsy. Um, and really, it, ultimately it can lead to being like unfulfilled and it, you just don't feel happy because you're doing the same thing and it, and there's no variety. So what's the solution for that? You already have a stable life. In fact, you have too stable of a life. So find ways to introduce more variety. Look, maybe you want to live on the wild side and introduce some bok choy into your meal prep and that might be enough. Or it might be time, you know, that maybe you you look at shifting uh, jobs or business or even careers. You know, there's seasons for those things. Um, in a relationship, now what you don't want to do, see, you can do this unhealthy. Maybe you're in a, a loving relationship and then after a period of time, it starts to feel too stable. And you make this false assumption of where did the passion go? The spark is gone. Like when was the last time we just had to, you know be with each other and, and I couldn't wait to see them. And it's like, now we're just texting, you know, hey, can you pick up diapers? The relationship's gone stale. Well, don't make the false assumption that the only way to create variety is with a new relationship. A lot of people do that and some people do it like clockwork, you know? Um, it's like, hey, every two to three years, they change relationships. You don't have to do that. If you found the one and you're and you're in a wonderful relationship, but it feels like it's, quote, gotten stale, first thing to do, is don't tell the person, Hey, I feel like you've gotten stale. <laughs> this would be a disaster, but you can say, Hey, I feel like we're not doing some of the same things we used to do. Find a way to, to bring back some variety within the stability. So look, life's changed. You know, you've been married. Uh, I mean, we've been married coming up on 10 years in a couple of months, my wife and I, we have an eight year old son. Um, our life has changed drastically. We have a lot more responsibilities, and we have responsibilities in our church. We have responsibilities in the business. We have responsibilities as parents in the community, um, in our home. We have rental property. Like there's all there's a lot that we have to focus on. You know, the, a lot that that we're responsible to, and it's easy to lose the variety. So sometimes you just got to switch it up. And it can be as easy as deciding to be intimate in, in a different room or in a different way. It can be as easy as having date night and going, you know what, let's not go to dinner and a movie. I wanna blindfold you and take you somewhere. Uh, you know, like, like change it up and do something new. You don't have to be that quirky even. You could change around your living room furniture. What? I know, but that get, it, it it stirs something up. So whether it's big, you know, or whether it's small, find ways to bring back variety. For me, we don't have a, a lack of variety. In fact, because we move so often and the lifestyle we have, you know, we usually don't stay in one home for that long and that's just how it's worked out. Um, we have a lot of variety because we're constantly changing furniture because the furniture from this house doesn't fit the new house and, and that sort of thing. So we have a lot of variety there where I need to have more variety. Probably and I can do a better job of this as a husband is bringing in some more variety into like a dating life um, and time we spend together. So, you know what? Hey, why don't I take the morning off today instead of going to work and let's just go here. How about we go for a hike? Why don't we go to this museum? You know what? Let's go have breakfast out together. Those are the kind of things that if you bring them in, it really starts changing things around. So, What's the answer and what do you do? What's the real answer to real happiness? Look at your, imagine you had a stability meter. Where is the stability on your stability meter? How high, how low? If it goes too low, you run the risk of feeling out of whack and starting to feel anxious and chaotic. If it goes too high, you run the risk of feeling bored, too methodical, and uh, just needing a little more spice in life. So look at your stability meter and bump it up or bump it down according to what you need. If it's too low, find ways to bring in more stability, find more sameness, find systems, Uh, big systems, little systems, you know, uh, something as little as a grocery list or a chore list can really help to bring in a system. But if it's too, if it's too stable, bring in more variety. I think I've pounded this to death. You get the idea. Uh, Stability versus variety. This is the final episode of our six-part miniseries. I hope this was valuable for you. If it was, all I ask is that you do one thing. Head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast that has ratings, but iTunes is the one that probably gives us the most um, uh, bang for the buck, so to speak. But if you would, just, and if you're listening to this on a device, Or if you're on the radio, just head over to iTunes and search The Driven Entrepreneur or search Matt Brauning, B-R-A-U-N-I-N-G, and leave us a rating. You can do as many stars as you want. I don't care. I mean, five stars is, of course, a phenomenal rating, but you do you, okay? I don't want to tell you what to do. You do you, but if you would, please leave a rating and write a review. Uh, I have a lot of loyal listeners who at some point I said, hey, have you left a review? And they went, well, I rated it. And I said, did you write anything? Because that really, really helps. We have a lot of ratings, but an extra review goes a long way. Again, say whatever you want say, nice podcast. The guy rambles too much. I don't like his twang in his voice, but overall, wonderful time. You can write a scathing review. As long as you write a review, it's going to help the show so more people uh, will find out about us. That's all I ask for you. Thank you for this uh, time together for our six-part miniseries. We'll be coming back at you in just a couple of days on Friday morning with a brand new interview with a driven entrepreneur. You know what we do? We get into the backstory and the origin story of who they are, how they became a successful entrepreneur, why and what motivates them. And then we'll share some business and life lessons along the way. Thanks for listening. Starting next week, we'll get back to our one episode per week. Uh, methodology. It'll be every single Friday morning, uh, dropping on, uh, on anywhere you get podcasts. So thank you for your continued subscribe, rate and review. Thank you for your support. And I love being in your life. Get out there this weekend, or I guess it's Tuesday. So get out there this week and crush it.